0: Good morning. Welcome to our Mother's Day service. Now, I have a joke to tell. An elderly woman had just returned to her home from a prayer meeting when she was startled by an intruder. As she caught the man in the act of robbing her home, she yelled, stop, Acts 238, turn from your sin. The burglar just froze in his tracks. The woman calmly called the police and explained what she had done. As the officer handcuffed the man, he asked the burglar, Why did you just stand there? All she did was yell a scripture to you. Scripture? replied the burglar. She said she had an axe and two 38s. <laughs> In case you didn't get that, 38 is a gun. <laughs> now, but we need our mothers to be equipped with the word, not with the gun, all right? <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for this morning and we thank you as we come together around the table to offer your your altar, Lord. We commit ourselves afresh to you and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to us. You will open our ears, you will open our eyes, you will open our hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I really believe I have a word for the church this morning. You know, I was challenged reading Ephesians 4. And I want to share some of my learnings with you this morning. Um, so starts from Ephesians 4 verse 1. It says, therefore, I prisoner for serving the Lord. Sorry, have you got your notes with you? Some of you have notes. You can download it somewhere. I prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. As I was reflecting and I was asking myself a question, is this one of the reasons why we resist change? Have we failed to understand the worth of our calling? You see, Paul urges Christians to lead a life worthy of the calling which you have been called. See, the focus is is not on us. The focus is on the worth of your calling. So if we go back to chapters 1 to 3, we catch a glimpse of what the calling that Paul is talking about. In chapter 1 to 4, God chose us for himself before the world was created. Chapter 1, 5, he predestined us to be his children. And that means heirs of what the father owns. Chapter 1, 7, he sent Christ to atone for our trespasses. Chapter 1, 13, he sealed us with his Holy Spirit to preserve us forever forever. In chapter 13, he has given us the mission as the church to display his wisdom even to the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. And chapter 112 says we are destined and appointed to live for his praise and glory. You see, the privilege and purpose for our Christian calling is far greater than any calling in this world. And if as a high-profile figures, are held accountable by the public for their integrity in the way they behave, then how much more should we, the privilege of being called a Christian, shape our lives? Verses 3 to 4, Paul says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body, one Spirit, just as you too were called to the hope of your calling. See, the way to lead a life worthy of our calling is making every effort to be united in the spirit. See, unity is not uniformity, but conformity. Conformity to what? Conformity to the, to the likeness of Christ. Conformity to him through God revealed his fullness. The more we remain united, the more we reflect Christ. See, no doubt the events of the past two years have rocked our lives. And disrupted a lot of dynamics in many relationships at different levels. You see, there was the vax and the unvax. Families were divided. And I can be honest with you, my family was rocked hard. You know, relationships were, were rocked. Even relationships at work have been rocked. Church relationships have been affected. See, the enemy would use anything to bring division. And I really felt blessed as I, I was reading through Ephesians 4 to bring the message that we as Christians, we make every effort to be united. Amen. How do we maintain unity is the question. The answer is, part of the answer is in verses 11 to 13 of the same scripture that we read. And this is what it says. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers Their responsibility is to equip the church, to build up the body of Christ. So Paul says, Christ has given the church these gifts. For what purpose? To build the church. To build them up, to conform to the likeness of Christ. God's intent with the church is that we live as a unified body. In verse 13, this continues to say, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. When I was reading this scripture, I thought I was matured. When I was reading this scripture, I was reflecting. It says, equipping still of the saints need to continue until we come to such unity in faith. You see, our maturity is not measured by how long we've been Christians. Our maturity is not measured by how long you've been a member of this church. You see, our maturity is measured by our unity. So in verse 13, it goes on to say, to say Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed around and blown about by every wind of new teaching." We know the church is not always going to get it right. That's why Paul urges every Christian, every follower, every believer, you make every effort to be united in the Spirit. See, you might ask me, how do I do that? Change your clothes. Change my clothes. You know, dirty clothes stink. And I've titled our message this morning, Get a New Wardrobe. Verse 17 says, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. See, we cannot be both Christians and Gentiles at the same time. It's impossible. In brief, what is a Gentile? A Gentile is someone that is not of Jewish heritage, right? That makes you and I Gentiles, right? The Gentiles in the Bible represents those who don't know God and live as pagans or ungodly manner. But the good news for you and me, though we are Gentiles in physical, we are no longer strangers to God. See, God had a secret plan to save the Gentiles. This was made possible through Jesus. So we thank God for sending Jesus in whom this mystery of salvation was revealed. So the mystery of salvation for the Gentiles and our adoption into the family of God was made possible through Jesus. Not just being adopted into the family of God, he also made you and I heirs of his, meaning we own everything that God owns. See, we are called children through salvation in Christ. So when we say yes to Jesus and we give our hearts to him, You've given your life to Jesus. And if you haven't done that, you'll have an opportunity at the end of this sermon to join or welcome into the kingdom of God. But because we are now God's children, we no longer live the way we used to live. So our first point, put off your old self. Ephesians 4, 24. To put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life, which is corrupt through deceitful desires. But be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on your new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. See, people on the weight loss journey know this um, before and after concept very well. Because before they start their journey, they take pictures before. And of course, the catch is the afterward picture, because you want to see your thinner self in that picture, right? Well, I've taken a lot of those pictures, but I never got to the after picture. (laughs) You see, our old self is very much alive because we live in a sinful world, right? But our old self doesn't want us to know it's still alive. It deceives us. It deceives us into thinking, oh, this isn't so bad. How is watching one adult movie such a big deal? You know, be loose with your tongue. People want to hear your opinion. Make that crude make that comment. It's funny. People will laugh. Do it. Do it. Everybody else does it. And because we are deceived, we are blinded to what needs to change. And I'm guilty of that. We need to ask others to identify areas that we need to change. And if they're willing to tell us, thank them rather than be defensive and trying to justify our points. You see, my older son, he's really good at reminding me of the areas I need. When we go shopping to, or take him out for a haircut, he would say, Mom, please ask nicely. <laughs> Change the tone of your voice. Because <laughs> sometimes you come out a bit harsh. See, I get it. I get it when my son tells me, because he says in a gentle voice. I ask my husband, he'll say, can't stand the tone of your voice. <laughs> Paul says our old selves belongs in a former life. It doesn't fit us anymore. So when we come home from work, you know, it's a nice feeling to get into something really comfortable, right? And you know, the Holy Spirit's not gonna take off your dirty clothes for you. You, know, you might need some help from your husband or your wife or your kid to pull down that tight slip." But the rest of it, you do it yourself. The act you're taking off of the old clothes is on you. Our second point, put on the new self. Ephesians 2, 28 to 29. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, if you were an audience of children, this message will be much easier to deliver because stop lying, tell the truth. Don't take what, what, what doesn't belong to you. Sharing is caring. This is what we tell our kids. Stop saying bad words, only say nice words. Stop being mean to others, but be kind. Don't talk about your brothers like that. It's not nice. See, if it was to deliver a message in that manner, it will be viewed as patronizing, right? So, but let, let us think about it for a moment. You know, the messages to the children is said differently but still the same message. So how do we put on a new self that the Bible talks about? We need to keep practicing doing these daily. Speak truth, not lies. Have righteous, not sinful anger. Share, not steal, and speak good, not rotten words. Actually, the Bible says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. You know, when I was thinking about that, you know, unwholesome talk Is anything that breaks, that comes out of our mouths, is anything that breaks others? You know, my son calls it trash talk on the field. I mean, how many fights that we hear now during school rugby? And it all starts with trash talk. So any trash talk breaks. Paul says, don't let any of that unwholesome nonsense come out of our mouths. Because it never builds up. It just breaks down what the Holy Spirit is trying to build in us. And our last one, pull out the root. We all know what the mouth speaks has its roots in the heart. Because the heart is a wellspring of life. In Ephesians 4.31 it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. You see, Paul has been instructing the Ephesians about laying off your old clothes and then putting on your new clothes. And then out of nowhere he talked about don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And I was reflecting on that and I was asking, what's grieving the Holy Spirit got to do with our new clothes? And what's grieving of the Holy Spirit got to do with the activities such as bitterness, slander, and malice? The scripture says the Holy Spirit is given to Christians to seal them for the day of redemption. And what is the day of redemption? It's the day you meet Christ. You see, a seal represents authenticity and completeness. It's a mark of ownership that we belong to Christ. So when we became Christians and we gave our hearts to him, the Bible says the Holy Spirit puts his seal on us. Did you hear that? When you gave your heart to Christ, the Holy Spirit put his seal on you. For what purpose? The verse that we just read, it guarantees you to arrive at your destiny the day you meet Christ. Wow. Wow. Ephesians 5, 25, 27 talks about Christ loved the church so much that he gave up his life for her to sanctify her so that the church may be represented to himself as glorious and not having such stain or wrinkle or such blemish. There's a, revelation in the, there's a wedding in the book of Revelation that talks about the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. So who's preparing the bride for the day? The Holy Spirit. And who's the bride? It's us, the church. And get this, it says the Holy Spirit will not try, will not try to stop helping you until the day you arrive. How do you explain that? How can you find words to explain the depth of the love of God for you? He says the Holy Spirit, because he's put his seal on you, he's not going to give up on you. He's going to follow you. He's going to be with you. Because everywhere you go, he sees a seal on your life. And he wants to make sure you get to that destiny. He wants to make sure he prepares you well to meet the Christ. So how do we grieve him? We grieve him by holding on to the bitterness. we grieve him by holding on to the malice. we grieve him by holding on to slandering. when he's just sitting there saying to you, I can help you. I can enable you to release that. but you hold on to it, hold on to it. So what happens? He's grieved because he has all the power that you need to enable you to release that forgiveness. I can talk about it because he helped me release me from that. Do you know, it's impossible to grieve somebody that doesn't love you. And can you imagine living with a grieved spirit? we come to our conclusion, and can I ask the keys to come up? You see, all of us Christians and non-Christians alike are daily embroiled in problems of human relationships. There are those who irritate us, and those who rub us the wrong way, and those whose personalities clash with ours. You see, the place to begin solving our human relationships is not with others, but with God our relationship with our brothers and sisters will reflect our relationship with God always does always does as I said I can speak because the Holy Spirit helped me solve some tough times I faced in the past few months I have a really close family we all Christians. However, the decisive work of the enemy started small, but grew to a point that none of us could come to an agreement. Most of my family are pastors. I have a pastor sister, pastor brother, another pastor sister. But arguments broke out in our family talks rather than the spirit of joy and laughter when you get together as a family, right? It shocked me and saddened me. Because it's never happened to us before. I even walked out. I walked out of the room. My mom was sitting there. I walked out of the room because I couldn't handle the emotions. And I refused to go back. The next day, they called everybody. Come, we need to read again. I refused to go back. I stood my ground and said, I am not going back. My heart is not right. I can't come back. Do you know what? When I read this book, I wish we all go to the Bible when we have problems. I read the book of Ephesians and you know the hardness of heart broke. I knew God was talking to me. Make every effort to live your life worthy of your calling. In his heart, as it was to start facing people. It's very hard. Because you feel defeated and you feel humiliated. The Holy Spirit empowered me to do what brings honor to him. And what a release when I took that first step. This message is for somebody here too. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. What does that mean? The day you get angry is the same day of your reconciliation. He's got power. He sits there. He says, I can empower you. In as hard as it is, trust Him. Everything else that you struggle with, Get this right first and the rest will come. Can I ask all of you, close your eyes and we can have a private moment with the Holy Spirit. You may be here for the first time and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about putting off that old self and you're ready to make that change. You're ready to come home. You've been living a life without God. The Holy Spirit is speaking directly to you about coming back to your Father who really loves you. And if that's you, I really want to pray for you. You may be a Christian here and the message spoke to you and would like prayers. Please come and see us after the service. I'd love to pray for you too. But I want to give the opportunity to those who would like to make the first step in putting off the old self. But put on the new self and experience Christ. The Holy Spirit will help you make that decision. Making that decision to say yes to, to Jesus and repenting from our sins give you access to eternal life. He said he is the truth, the way, and life. You may be thinking, Oh, those people, she's got it all together. No, we don't, and I don't. It's a journey. A Christian is a person who's rotten root within has been made new by the grace through Jesus Christ. If you want to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to count to three. And then lift your hand and put it down straight away so I can see you. God loves, number one, God loves you. Two, he's speaking to you. Three, lift your hand and say yes. Count me in. That's me. Thank you. Thank you for that. hand. Anybody else that you want to say yes to Jesus, he's gentle. He'll give you the power to walk the journey. Anybody else that wants to say Jesus? yes to Jesus, let's pray. You can pray after me and say, you can say it aloud or say it from your heart. Dear God, thank you for speaking to me today. I realize I'm a sinner and in need of a savior. Uh-huh. I have heard your word and I humbly ask for your forgiveness. I want to live a new life in you. I repent for my sins. I ask that you fill my heart with your grace and love. I ask that you be the Lord of my life from now on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.